It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the post-losing streak edition of Sharing Socks. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon after the 6-3 defeat of the Royals, which means the eight-game losing streak is over. 7-3, 7-3. Excuse me, 7-3. Yeah, I forgot the last, the last kind of tag on run at the end. I was just thinking of Vaughn's three-run homer with the big lead. Um, so now it's actually a one-game winning streak now. And, uh, and it feels on. good. Maybe. It feels Could good. Go on indefinitely, or at least until Velasquez pitches again, one way or the other. Um, I am Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent Will, and behind him, for those of you on audio, Dylan Cease, who today had a Dylan Cease game. He was overpowering. He was wonderful. Actually, when it was not a Dylan Cease game, there was a board, but five perfect innings. And then bad luck, a, a little dribbler, a swinging bunt that goes for a hit, ends the no-hitter. He'd walk somebody the inning before, right? So the perfect game had been gone. Um, and then another kind of cheap hit. And, and, and that he kind of, it's the same thing. I don't know if it's concentration goes or Oreo concentrates too much, but he, those things get to him. And you always point out his toes that suddenly his toes are pointing straight up in the air and he falls off to the left and the pitches all fall off to the left. Or at least at a, a much more flat or upward angle than where it is when he's on fire or what you see from Giolito, which is this, uh, for those who can't see, I'm making a, a gesture with my uh, hand showing a, a foot that's pointed at about a 45 degree angle down toward uh, the ground. And, uh, it, it's just crucial when you're pitching to uh, to have that angle not be 
uh, upward whatsoever because what that does, and we see it from Dylan Cease pretty much all the time um, when he is not on, uh, is he starts to let that toe creep upwards, which means he's going to land on his heel uh, as he hits the front of the mound, which means his body is going to pull to the left faster and sooner which means his arm is going to follow that trend. And that's why in the sixth inning today, we saw pretty much without fail, every single pitch pulling to the left side. So pulling and, and, away and, from right. Depending on the pitcher, I, I know from coaching that when I had a pitcher, even if I didn't have to be looking at his feet at the time, I was doing other things. And suddenly he throws three straight balls high. Next time I'm looking at his foot, and it is hitting the heel because when the heel hits like that, it's not a smooth transition. It's a bump. Yep. And you don't, and it's hard to convince kids. Incidentally, the, one of the hardest things when coaching is to convince kids their feet are wrong. If, they, if you tell them their eyes are wrong, their hands are wrong, their arms are wrong, their, their body balance is wrong, they catch on right away. Any, any, just about every kid catches on. But if you tell them their feet are wrong, they just don't get it. They don't believe you for starters. And then even if they believe you, they don't feel enough to correct it. You really have to work on it. That's true. A pitcher's almost always the case hitting on the heel and a batter's turning out their foot when they, when they make their step on their front foot, turning that toes toward um, the pitcher, which opens up the front shoulder, which opens up your whole body, which means you're pulling out. And all of a sudden, Gee, why couldn't I hit that ball on the outside corner? I missed it by three feet. Then, you know, it, that's nothing to do with the white socks, but it's just a little baseball thing. Very hard to teach kids about if they have a problem well, with their feet. It, it does right. have something to do with the white socks, though, because, you know, they're still battling this same mentality. And I, I think really is when you're up there pitching, you are putting together eight million little parts to create this motion. It, it seems simple ish when you're watching it but it's really pretty complex and once you really stop consciously thinking about keeping that foot down and pointed down it's it gets away from you very quickly and it goes out it's exactly what you're saying with kids uh it's the exact same thing and i think you actually hit the nail on the head earlier when you were saying this happened after his little dribbler hit and you said maybe it's concentration it's 100% concentration. That's all it is. And you can't really blame Dylan. You know, he's he's had probably for the first few innings one of the best hands of his career. There oh, is he was throwing magnificently. Just magnificently. The yeah. slider, the knuckle curve, stunning. Uh, Horrible team, but still. But still, the pitches were, the pitches would have been good no matter who was there. Uh, but you can see that adrenaline drop. Uh, once you give up that dribbler, because that dribbler happens and it's, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I just lost my no hitter with the dinkiest little hit, which for some reason seems to be how all no hitters are broken up. It's uh, half the time anyway. But you can see his adrenaline go, his body language shifts a little bit. He is not concentrating as much. He's clearly thinking about the last batter instead of this batter. Uh, and that's when his toe starts to go. Uh, you, you see that pretty often. Giolito can be the same way. If something goes wrong for Giolito, you, you start to see the foot mechanics go first. Dylan has incredible top half mechanics. I mean, they're incredible. They're as good as anyone in baseball. For Dylan, it is all about the feet. It's all about the legs. 
And I'm sure this is something Ethan Katz talks to him about a lot. We're not the only. Oh, but Ethan Katz is a lower body expert. This. I'm sure he talks about him all the time. Exactly. And to Katz's credit, there's a reason Dylan Cease was great for the first five innings today, and that's because his footwork was far better than it has been in previous years. Last year, we started to see some signs of really good footwork, but uh, this year, he's looked really good until something like this happens. So the key for Dylan Cease moving forward, and you know, and I am so just thrilled that I, I get this forever, that I have been a pro Dylan Cease guy <laughs> for a long time. And I, have, long I time. have been a doubter, not of the skills, but of the mindset. Yeah, and I think, I honestly think once he gets even more locked into that, because, you know, he's still pretty fresh. He's not hes not a, a veteran yet by any baseball standards. And I think once he has that, he really is probably one of the best pitchers in, in the American League. And I, I certainly think that if Dylan Cease can consistently pitch at Dylan Cease's best, he is the best pitcher on the Chicago White Sox. That is an argument. A lot of people are going to have that argument with me. However, his I'm a Kopech stuff, Well, Kopech is there too, but Kopech we haven't gotten to really see complete anything. You know, we we've we've seen some real glimpses. Kopech absolutely. If Kopech can stay healthy, if Kopech can keep his footwork right, he is a video game. I mean, the the break on his slider is it doesn't look natural. It's like Blake Trainins in, in uh, Los Angeles. Sometimes he throws a slider and you're just like, "What? How I've, how does anyone make that ball do that? Uh, so Kopech definitely has the stuff to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. For him, it's just there's a lot more health issues there. And I think for Cease, if he can get those foot mechanics consistent, one, it's going to help him stay healthier. Um, it's just so crucial to have those mechanics right so that you're not overcompensating and pulling things off and using your arm more than you're supposed to as you start to fall off the left side of the mound. You really, really need to secure that footwork. But a really solid outing from Cease today until it kind of went awry. He was fortunately saved by a very, very gracious full count swing with the bases loaded. Oh, yeah. yeah. Truly surprised yes. that, that that was swung at at all. Um, if he was, that was a situation where if you got the good team, if you're playing the good team, you're in, you're in deep doo-doo yeah, on that that's, one. That's not a swing. It's a, it's a tie game. The bases are still loaded. Yeah. And you're in trouble because you've lost your your mojo. Yeah. That that was Hunter Dozier making that swing at that time. Inexplicable. I, I, I guess he just was presuming it was a fastball and it had to be a fastball. And by God, he was going to swing no matter what. Uh, oh, that's that's exactly only... what happened. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. You all, And it's it's not the wrong guess. You know, everybody is going to sit on a fastball with a 3-2 count and the bases loaded. Everybody from from high school on up, you're thinking this ball, this is coming right down the pipe. Uh, so kudos to Dylan. He pulled. That's what I always did in in high school was if I had three balls on someone, I threw three curveballs in a row. Um, if I had a three zero count, and and Dylan's, you know, got got the breaking stuff to fool guys. But that was that was generous at at any level that Dozier hacked at that because. He must have been not only sitting on the fastball, but just did not pick up the spin out of the hand. Because where that ball started, if you see any spin, you know it's a ball. You know it's a ball. Because that thing ended up six inches outside easily. Um, 
couple of other pitching things. One today, which I texted you about when it happened. You and I have both been Aaron Bummer fans for as long as Aaron Bummer has been on the team. He is really suffering this year. He's he's having, and I thought the fact that Larusa, much as we may hate him, made the more intelligent decision of going to Bennett Souza for his lefty out of the pen in a crucial situation. And that was when game was tied, I guess, at that point it was 3-2 and the tying run was on third. Mm-hmm. That he went to Souza instead of Bummer. Uh, tells you a lot about how far Bummer has fallen in the hierarchy of White Sox relief pitchers. Souza's no great shakes, folks. Well, and it also tells you that the White Sox have no left-handed pitching. <laughs> they have no left-handed pitching right now. I mean, with, with Crochet out, Bummer struggling. Souza, he was fine today, but he still has an ERA around five and a half. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, of course, is whatever he is at this point. There is just not a lot cooking for left-handed pitching in the White Sox bullpen. And, you know, bummer, I don't know what's going on because I I remember our first podcast back coming out of the spring. We were very excited about Aaron Bummer. And even his first appearance, I think, went really well. And and I I know with my my White Sox friend uh, text thread, we're all saying, oh, Bummer's back. Bummer's back, baby. We got we got Aaron Bummer back. This is going to be a good year. Bummer is not back. And, you know, we obviously have 8,000 injured players, but to not have the ones who are here producing, it's tough. It's it's really Speaking tough. Speaking of your strange injuries, uh, slipping in the clubhouse somehow and hurting his back, uh, Liam Hendricks, uh, was injured before the 10th inning of the game that, that, that went 10 innings, and yet they sent him back out, which is bizarre management. Uh, but also bizarre to me is Hendricks, somebody did great video of Hendricks tipping his pitches. The, the, yeah, the I, think it's, uh, I think it was Jay Luda. I want to give credit where credit's due. I think he's on Twitter. I just got rid of my Twitter uh, for Elon purposes, but – uh, Jay, Jay Luda, I think, is the one who captured that and pointed it out, which is and very, sure very good. The fastball is coming out of the mitt much sooner than any of the breaking stuff is. So they know what he's going to throw. But that was known. The guy had it on the web. I'm sure it was on YouTube and all kinds of other places. Goodness gracious, can't the White Sides, uh, Ethan or, or, or La Russa, the Hall of Famer baseball person, notice that themselves? They've got all kinds of video of every single teeny little movement on all sides of great equipment that you can freeze frame. And yet he comes back out the next game. He's doing the same thing. He was, he was doing it again on, on, on Tuesday. He's actually um, been doing it almost the whole season. I, I shared you one of those images, but uh, this, this guy who's been tracking these things has been tracking it through, for pretty much the entire season so far, each time Hendricks has pitched, he's been throwing out these diagrams showing, and it's a very interesting. He's done a great job of showing that when it's a breaking ball, Liam is not showing the batter the ball at all until it's about to be released from his hands. He is holding fastballs well behind his mitt as he prepares to throw them. Kind of Nate Jones-ish. In a, in a way that is absurdly 
incorrect. I, I mean, it, it that is really, really basic stuff, which is why I don't understand. You would think Ethan Katz, and I realize teaching pros is or coaching pros is different than coaching kids, but you would think Ethan Katz would see that before you even see it in high def and would immediately come out to the mound and say, yo, dude, <laughs> everyone knows what's coming because that is why Hendricks, Hendricks has a couple great pitches, but not if you know which of the two is coming. And when you're broadcasting it like that, because he's doing that before he even goes rears back, which means those pitchers, those, those batters are seeing it with tons of time in terms of Major League Baseball, tons of time to adjust and prepare. It, it, it's really, really Bush League stuff to be tipping pitches that way. We have all this stuff about, you know, high-tech video, and now we have the Yankees with their cheating scandal this week. And I'm like, wow, well, Hendricks is like, I, I don't want anyone here to have to cheat. So I'm just going <laughs> to show you. I'm just going to show you. It's, it's, I'm hoping that the problem is that and that it will be corrected. He's also, although he's had obviously a horrible April, he's a horrible April pitcher. His career ERA in April, and I realize ERA not a great stat for relievers, but when you're covering 12 years of it, yeah, it, it'll show you something. Uh, it's five and a half. That's really bad. Really, really, really bad. And then it seems to go away. Now we can hope. I don't know it's because it's cold, and he just doesn't like cold. We're going to have to wait for warm weather, which here in Chicago, I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a, a hoodie here. I mean, it was freezing today. Uh, well, he is, he is from Australia. <laughs> That's what I say. It's used to sunny, a lot of sunshine down under. Uh, or if he just is a guy who just takes a long time to kind of loosen up and get into the groove and whatnot. He, I mean, last year, he wasn't particularly good reliever early last year even right. with his reliever of the year september he was unbelievable i mean there's no sense going to the plate against him he might as well just hold up three fingers for your strikeout and walk back uh, but early in the season he wasn't he wasn't it's, it was impressive when he was on but with the slider wasn't working he, he's getting hit pretty hard i mean a, a 5.5 era for a closer over the month of april Let's say the closer comes in predominantly in one-run games. I know that often it's two or three, but let's just say for the sake of this, it's most of the time coming in a one-run game means he's going to blow the save more than half the time um, with those numbers, which is, of course, an absurd thing for a closer to do. Of course, it hasn't been that bad because sometimes he comes in up three, sometimes he comes in up two. Today, for me felt like a really impressive audition from Kendall Graveman to take that spot. Boy, he looked good. Wait, he's a, I think he's had one bad outing. Just one, though. Just one. Yeah, I mean, he's, but mostly he's been very sharp. Uh, now, I, I think and hope Hendricks will, will straighten things out. Uh, he will. He will. Uh, nothing I mean, else, but he's the most fun guy to watch. But, well, uh, and honestly, who knows? Maybe he tips his pitches in April. Because he's freezing cold and he's got to grip the ball differently. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is that's making him hold the ball in different places. But I certainly haven't seen, you know, frozen images from last year, late in the year of him tipping pitches. So who knows? He, he could just be a, a really late bloomer. A lot of guys are, especially with the, the short spring training and, and this horrible cold weather they've been playing in. 
but we should take our break there. And when we come back, uh, I think we should talk a little bit about, uh, even though we've been keeping it relatively positive today, uh, we should talk a little bit about these lineups that we have to put out there and these injuries. Oh, yeah. They, they, yeah, I wanted to get to the position players and, of course, the incredibly bad defense. Yeah, so uh, let's take a let's take a quick break here. We talked about pitching. Uh, and we will come back and discuss the rest of whatever the heck has been going on for the seven or eight games leading up to today. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back on Sharing Socks. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. Uh, we're going to get into some questions that are probably on your minds. One involving Lurie, uh, which has just been a, a baffling week for White Sox fans. Uh, seeing where where Lori has been placed, but we we have these injuries, uh, so let's talk a little bit about injuries first. Let's and, and one of the things that I've noticed on the injuries, on the position player injuries, not the uh, injuries, not the not the pitchers. The pitchers have been fairly devastating. I don't know that we've lost that much offensively from the injuries, and when when I say that, Eloy has not been in his previous self since his injury last year. He's been a very average hitter since the shoulder injury that kept him out most of 2021. And he was a very average hitter this year. He's also, as we know, a terrible defender. Uh, Andrew Vaughn comes along. He's hitting much better. Of course, he hit the big three-run homer today, but he's had a really, really nice April. He's probably the best hitter on the team right now. And <laughs> unfortunately... He has also picked up for Eloy and trying to kill everybody around him out in the field. Um, that shoulder tackle that he put on Josh Harrison could have ended Josh's season. Josh is just lucky that he only missed uh, a week or two and he's miss, missing some more games now. And he's not hitting well, so maybe that's part of the shoulder he landed. But Andrew did that. And then he had a smash dead to uh, Danny Mendick on a pop-up uh, a few days ago. And I realize it's the outfielder's ball, but the outfielder has to call the ball. And I don't believe that both Josh Harrison and Danny Mendick, both who have played a lot of left side of the infield, have not listened if Andrew Bond was calling for the ball. I think he wasn't properly calling for the ball, wasn't yelling out that he had it, because I don't think he has the confidence. I mean, you could see that in today's game. He, he yeah, blew a pop up to short left that should have been easily caught. Uh, and he blows a lot of them. So we're still saying in his case, well, he's done a decent job out there. We always add for somebody who's not really an outfielder. 
whenever you have to add for somebody who's not really, it's not really a decent job. Um, not to mention the fact that we keep adding that, but the dude only plays outfield now. <laughs> so, so he is an outfielder. So now he's actually just kind of a bad outfielder. He, he was at one point pretty good for a guy who never plays there. But now he's just a regular bad left fielder. I mean, there's there's no way around that. Our the and you know we'll talk. Well, let's just open up this can of worms. The defense. Holy crap! Oh wow, they're Holy they're crap. they lead the the majors and errors by a large margin. Of course, Tim personally leads the majors and errors in the individual categories. Jose has been miserable. Miserable. Uh, now. In fairness, Jose was a miserable fielder until 2020 when he suddenly turned into uh, J.T. Snow, and then he's been lousy ever since. He's a very bad first baseman. Really, Vaughn should be at first base, and Jose should be DHing, but um, that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're stuck with Tim. Is I mean, it just looked awful. Berger. It's not been bad. This was the other thing I was going to say with the injuries. He's hitting as well as Yuan has been hitting since he came down with COVID. Uh, he's not as good a fielder. Yuan can be a really good third baseman. On the other hand, he, he, the error he got the other day in the, in the, in the Keiko game, first inning, um, a throwing error, Jose should have caught that. It, it, yeah. was a, it was a bounce throw. You always get charged with the error if you're the one bouncing the throw. But the fact is, it was a fairly easy hop, and Jose just dropped it. Um, yeah, Jose has been extremely problematic at first base. Borderline terrible. Uh, Tim, I looked up some numbers. I, I sent you his, his glamorous photo at the top of the error chart for the MLB yesterday. But I looked at his old numbers. So Tim played 120 games last year. It was either 120 or 122. I can't remember. And he had 10 errors. That was an exception for him. I mean, he but, he's, but he's had 26, happen. 28. But it did happen. Right. So, you know, an interesting thing, just to throw this out there, because I looked it up. I said, why is this guy suddenly he's not making any errors? His user rating went down last year, meaning he wasn't doing the range that he had done in previous years. So he was ending up about the same as far as D-War was concerned. Uh, before he had this great range with making a lot of errors, and then it was not so much range. On. So I think what happened, he played more within himself last year. Instead of trying to make the throw from that long run into the hole where you almost inevitably throw it away, and half the time you throw it away into the dugout, so it becomes a throwing error. Um, so I think he's I, not playing in that. I totally, I totally get what you're saying, and that is exactly right. I think for his shift from being a 26-error person to a 10-error person. However, what we are watching him biff this year is not range stuff. I no, mean, it's, it's, maybe, it's one, pretty, of, maybe uh, one of the six has been a, a range issue. But look at the, the error on the, the potential double play ball yesterday. I, I mean, that is a, a routine double play ball. And, and he's just taking his eyes off the ball he's pulling up the glove too early and and then a jose who isn't even credited with an error for the ball that went through the wickets the other day which cost them 
blows my mind that a ball can be hit between your legs and not be an error in Major League Baseball. Uh, my wife, who has a very, very tough error system, actually <laughs> a- awarded Jose three errors on that play uh, just because it going through the wickets, you know, you get one for each leg and then one for the empty space in the middle. So that's a three error play from from my wife, according to that. But he is, I mean, as we said, he's been miserable. Lurie has been absolutely dreadful. Um, even when he is making plays, they're looking a lot harder than those plays are supposed to look. He has been completely underwhelming. Mendick has been fine. Adam Engel has been playing well in the outfield. Luis, the one, the one big upside uh, defensively is McGuire. He, absolutely. Absolutely. But what an now, improvement over what we had last year. But a brutal, brutal slump he's got going at the plate right now. Yeah. Uh, I I do think he will bust out of that slump. I, I'm a. Oh, he's not going to hit well. He never has. No, but but he he should hit a little better than what he's been hitting over the past week. I I, I see him probably coming in around 225. Which if we can get him to hit 225, get his on base percentage up around you know three something, I I think that's more than enough because he's significant uh significant uh delta up in terms of catcher defense for this team i'm i'm really happy with that signing i also think i i think he's a smart baseball player you know yes i do too he's obviously done some funky things that would imply that he's not super (laughs) smart but i think on the field he's really smart you see him picking up on things and picking up on things the pitchers are doing. He seems to be ahead of the plays. He he seems to be predicting where balls are going to go really well. He's also playing the position fundamentally beautifully in terms of uh, backing people up. He has saved a couple runs, just doing a great job of getting in position to back people up. Uh, I've, I've been really impressed with this play so far. And, of course, our other corner outfield situation, I don't know how much Pollock is going to be able to play. Apparently, he is extremely injury-prone, and we've already seen it, and he's played very little thus. And putting Sheets out there, uh, bless his little heart, Gavin can hit the ball 600 feet, but you better put it in his glove if he's going to catch it. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, when we have Vaughn and Sheets in the outfield at the same time, I don't really care who's in center. It is one of the worst outfields in baseball. I mean, you, there's just no argument against that. You've got a right fielder who can't catch or throw, and you've got a left fielder who can't catch or throw. It doesn't matter who's in center field. Uh, you know, whether it's Luis or Adam, there's a big space on that field that they can't get to. It is just really bad. We We have got to get to some sort of place where we can have Luis and Adam in the outfield at the same time. These injuries are absolutely killing us. Uh, Luis was supposed to be back today. Han indicated out. Han had some kind of press conference this morning and said he expected Luis back, and then he wasn't. And I did not hear. I I was I, I watched the whole game. I didn't hear Benetti um, and, and Stone talk about it at all. Uh, no, I, did, I didn't either. And so we so we have Luis who's still mysteriously out. Mancada who we are now at April 27th, and I'm still not sure when he is coming back. He's going to Charlotte, so it's going to be a while. Yeah, it's he's going to, you know, at least play a few games in Charlotte. 
I, what, what do we have to do to keep these guys on the field? And, you know, Eloy's injury was where he looked like he died for a moment, uh, was devastating for the team, um, just in terms of morale and, and, like, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Eloy's uh, recuperation is such that he can be in the dugout every day. I, I just think him being in the dugout is cool. Yeah, it's crucial. It's, it's crucial to have him in the dugout, no doubt about it. And I think, you know, whatever it does to – this injury might be a thing they can use to convince him that he's not going to play the field anymore uh, this year. I know he won't like that, and I, I also – I also wish Jose didn't play the field anymore <laughs> this year. I also wish Sheets and Vaughn it, it, Vaughn at first might be okay, but I also wish those guys didn't play the field anymore. So we've got a ton of guys who are half good at baseball right now. We're 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 we're, we're the best DHing team in baseball by far. Nobody else can touch us on DHing. Yeah, if we didn't have to put anyone in the field and, and we just had DHs, boy, we would be just smoking everybody we face it would be a real treat to watch but so we've got one more against kansas city and then we have a pretty tough interesting going to be interesting the angels Angels are playing well well. first off we're all and and i think steve and jason even we're all surprised we're all like you know the angels are kind of good and they're coming to town (laughs) well they should always be this good they they always have mike trout they always have they now have uh shohei they they've got rendon the Angels just always find a way to suck, and so far this year they have avoided sucking. But that's going to be a really tough series. That's going to be a really tough series. I'm glad we're at home for this first one. And I but... think I, I wish, I, unfortunately, Cease will miss that series because he pitched today. I would like to see because Cease so utterly dominates bad teams, and in past years has been so utterly dominated by good teams. I mean, he ERA six against good teams last year, two against bad ones. I would have loved to seen him against the Angels to the point to see if he's overcome that little mental hang-up that these guys are really good, and I have to be maybe too careful or, or whatever with them. I, I want to see him pitch against a, a really good hitting team uh, before we go, well, yeah, Dylan's uh, he's going to be starting the All-Star game. Um, well, I watched him pitch against the Angels of uh, I think it was the third game of the year last year in person. And I saw Shohei Otani hit the ball about 750 feet. Uh, And that doesn't even include the trip down. That was just while it was still on its way up. It went about 750. That ball was hit to the moon. Uh, So I agree. I want to see him. I want to see him up against the Angels' good right-handed batters and, and, and Trout and Rendon. Obviously, a monster left-handed bat in Shohei Otani. Uh, but we will not see Cease uh, for sure. We will not see him in this series. So we will still be kind of living in mystery land as to how good well, he will so be. We'll have probably in the Angels series, one well-pitched game, Giolito. And the other yep. two will be Keuchel and, and Velasquez. Well, it's a four-game really series. Four-game oh, series. Oh, four-game series. But we still won't get seats because it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, no, hold it, no, no. It's got to be start Friday because tomorrow it's still Kansas City. Oh, you're right. 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 Well, we should uh, let's let's as the professionals on this podcast, 
who are now giving out conflicting information. Let's just, uh, I've got it pulled up. I've got it pulled up here. Uh, And then I just, I just lost it. I I thought for sure we were going to get four games against the Angels coming up here. We've got the, uh, we do have one more for sure against the Royals tomorrow. So I just, I guess, could find out. They play Monday. They play on Monday as well. So that is why we are. So Cease will pitch against the Angels. So we will see that on Monday. It'll be interesting. Yes. So our probables coming up is we're going to have Kopech tomorrow against Keller. Tickets as low as $2. Sox fans get to the park for that. Uh, then you've got Velasquez against Syndergaard, which doesn't seem fair. Uh, then you've got Giolito and Suarez, Keuchel and Lorenzen, and then Cease and Sandoval. Uh, tickets as low as $3 for the Monday game with Cease pitching. So White Sox fans, get to the park. Uh, that means we've got a, a shot at splitting this series at least. Uh, but yeah, that's we don't of course, face Otani right now. And that's good news for us. Uh, but we'll see. This is, it's going to be a big series. Um, you know, play tomorrow, no rest going into it. Bullpen's going to be taxed pretty intensely, I think, with Velasquez and Keichel both pitching in the series. The bullpen needs to be ready to go. We use Graveman for two innings today. So he'll rest tomorrow, be ready for that one. But I'm not sure who's going to be healthy and when with this White Sox team anymore. I just assume everyone's hurt at this point. And uh, I, I turn on the TV and see who's pitching. But that is all the time we have for today. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? Hallelujah. It's over. Yeah. Wow. Way to hang in there for the you know, three White Sox fans who are listening to this uh, podcast after eight days of intense frustration and anger towards this team. Oh boy, it was rough. So glad we got that win. We didn't. Today. We didn't even get into the wonderful Hall of Famer baseball person decision to uh, pitch to Byron Buxton, who hit the ball 469 feet, which is a long way, but on a day when it was 40 degrees, that's like an 800 <laughs> foot homer on a regular day. <laughs> yeah, but at least he didn't do it on a 3-0 count. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even want to get into how horribly mismanaged this team has been. That that should that's a whole other bonus episode if we want to talk about how absolutely god awful Larusa's been this year. Uh, let's just hope he quits, gets fired. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I he's. I'm trying to just forget he's there and act like we. We've got something. Not driving a rush tonight would be nice. Where nobody's yeah. hurt. You know, he Where just runs hurt. his car up over the sidewalk and into a tree or something. Yeah, and it's fine. It's, it's not hurt, but yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all the time we have uh, today. Hopefully next time we're talking about our sweep of the Angels. That would be a lot of fun. Unlikely, but would be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time right here on Sharing Socks.